front office has spoken. We got to hear from the Pacers front office, specifically general manager Chad Buchanan, on Tuesday in the Pacers facilities. What do you have to say about the Buddy Heald situation, the next steps for the Pacers, their team going forward, their long-term outlook? We'll talk about all of it today on the Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today, lots to dive into because we got to hear from the Pacers front office for the first time since free agency really happened. Chad Buchanan, Pacers GM, spoke on the record in the Pacers facilities uh, at Cambridge Fieldhouse on Tuesday, about a 20-minute media availability. Lots of gathered media there uh, for an event with the Pacers front office. And we got to learn a lot. A lot about Buddy Heald, of course. The big news for the Pacers, his extension, uh, discussions, what's the next steps there, how that all manages, and what the next steps are for Heald with the Pacers. Um, we learned more about the Pacers' position and camp battles and the competitive nature of the team, the team's health status, how they're thinking long-term versus short-term. Lots of interesting little nuggets from Buchanan and who better to talk about it than somebody else who was there, Derek Kramer, AKA I Pacers block. He was just on a few weeks ago, but it was great. Me and him chatted beforehand. He was a part of the media availability as well. So there's lots to get into. Derek and I are both there. Let's just break down everything Chad Buchanan had to say at his press conference on Tuesday. A big day in Pacer land, the front office, specifically general manager, Chad Buchanan speaks on the record for the first time, really since free agency, they spoke after the draft, but only Rick Carlisle has spoken since the signing, so got a lot of details out of the front office and convenient timing with the Buddy Heald news being very fresh within a week of that coming out from Sean Strania. So lots of new information about the Pacers as they head into camp, the state of their team, what the front office is thinking about, a variety of topics. And who better to break it all down than someone else who was there? It's Derek Kramer from iPacers blog. And even though we had a ton of chatter about the Pacers at this event, Derek and I had a lengthy conversation about curling. It was a very informative day. <laughs> I'm still very sore. Uh, started my curling season two days ago, and I am I'm feeling it. Sweeping that broom, man, it's it's rough. <laughs> I wish I wish the Pacers had a good playoff series last year, or something so I could say you sweep, they sweep, or some good segue to get back to the Pacers from that. Oh man, it was fun. I had learned I learned a lot about curling. If only people here wanted to learn anything about curling, we could go on. But obviously, what people really want to hear. So the Pacers had to say, and I think specifically leading with the most newsy dominant topic, and that's Buddy Heald and his future with the Pacers. That was, of course, the first question. I think there were three, four follow-ups, some scattered throughout the presser. Chad Buchanan was the one talking. Um, right off, he said, first of all, they talked a lot about the long-term vision that kind of seeps into the Buddy Heald part. Chad Buchanan saying, Buddy is somebody that we love having on our team. We want him on our roster this year. The business of basketball comes into play at times. We've had talks with him about an extension, and those talks are at a halt, I'd say, right now. That's not to say they're done. We'd like to have Buddy with us. We have no intention of trying to move Buddy, but it's our job to listen. If opportunities come that helps us improve the team, that's what we have to do as a front office. Our intention is to have Buddy on the team this year and have him be a big part of our group. Big takeaway there to me? Yeah, I think that he acknowledged very clearly the extension offer at least happened, and it didn't go the way that maybe they hoped or wanted, but they're still going to play with him on the team because they think he's good and can help them. And that's better than any trade offer. They at least think they could fetch right this second. Yeah. That was kind of my main thing. Like they probably, if they did look at the trade market, they were like, these offers ain't it. So the best option 
keep him around, have him contribute to the team this year and see what happens. He's not an injury risk, right? Like he missed two games last year. They were both for sickness. And, you know, a lot of times when I talk about going into the season and stuff, you always say, what can change, right? Can it help a team, hurt a team, whatever? And last year with Miles and Buddy, really, funnily enough, it was like if someone, if a center gets hurt or if some Lakers have a bad start, right? All these things can change that lead to a trade. And the flip side of that is, of course, that either player could get hurt and their value could torpedo for the Pacers. But he'll never get hurt, right? So you enter the season, and the bet, if you're the Pacers, is maybe he plays awesome and and things happen, but then he's probably less likely to, you know, take an extension he already didn't find a desirable per reports. But at the same time, if he plays well and his value goes up, it's much more likely because there's 29 other teams that an injury happens somewhere else, and that team would need healed, or another team isn't playing as well as they need to, or another team is better than they thought and they need more shooting to push for their goals. Like there's a lot because there's 30 teams in the page. Only one of them, the odds say that there's, it's more likely that stuff changes elsewhere in a way that could be productive for a trade. And that's not even to say that like with Turner last year, things couldn't trade the way that an extension becomes possible. Right? So if they're still happy with their relationship together, even though the long-term future is still not solid, I think that that is the smartest decision if they don't like offers now, especially with camp in five days is to say, okay, Right, we're far off now. Whatever, let's just go into the season, figure this out later, and see how you play. Yeah, and you mentioned Miles, like his situation this time last year, like there was no talks of an extension or anything. <laughs> and like things, things change quickly. You never know what could happen. Uh, they could try to go at it a different route. Maybe they try to do a renegotiation and extend. I don't know if that would change the who knows how what they structured their offer like initially, but. If that gives them more options, if they don't have any plans for that cap space, maybe they try that as another approach. Um, yeah, a lot of possibilities, and there's no reason that even if he doesn't extend, maybe they go into the season, into the off season, and they still want to sign him, and he doesn't find a better offer. Maybe he still ends up coming back for that same price. Yeah, they'll have space. They'll have his bird rights if he is with the team all season. They'll have sign and trade options too. Like it's never over until it's truly over. So there's no rush. I think. And I think that that's now been made abundantly clear by their reaction. And it sounds like from the way that they've been talking and the fact that the Pacers shared this on social media, that every single player is in Indian that would, of course, include Buddy Heald. So, like, <laughs> if he's working with the team now, I can't imagine it. Like, community is going to be like, screw this. I am over it. I will now be a problem, even though I'm not at the present moment. Uh, later, he also said, Chad Buchanan said, I think Buddy loves being a Pacer. But he loves playing basketball wherever he's at. I think he wants to be in a situation where he can be somewhere long-term. And then he said, this is the key part and kind of backs up exactly what I just said. I think Buddy's going to come in and be professional and be excited to be a part of this team. He loves playing with this group. He loves playing for Coach Rick. And he and Tyrese obviously have a connection together, right? So there's no – obviously, this will be a, a, a whole season topic, right? How's Buddy playing? How does he feel? Does anything change with other teams? But I think right now we have all the information that – we know what happened. We know what the next logical steps are for the Pacers. And until something changes, it seems like they're just going to continue kind of as is with the relationship they have. Yeah. And I think at least something that's encouraging, like Buchanan mentioned that like they'd already talked about the role. Right. So like, right. him like coming off the bench doesn't seem to be the issue with it. So I feel like that's another part where like that shouldn't be something that's making him unhappy. Like it, I think it was in the past with the Kings where he was not happy about coming off the bench maybe with them. So like I, he's going to play basketball. He loves to play basketball. So like, yeah, as long as he's 
like willing to play that role and play it out, then you know, I don't see any issues with moving into the season like this. I can't believe the Pacers haven't given us the funniest phrase ever. That's seeping into NBA team speak as a message to media. That's six starter when there's a really good player that is coming off the bench that they're trying to guess up. Chris Paul just got that treatment by uh, Steve Kerr. <laughs> You'd love to see a good six starter, but truly that's kind of what Buddy Hield would be. Um, you mentioned in unintentionally a nice segue because the reason that we can now more confidently say Buddy Heal not starter is because when talking about Benedict Matherin, who they're happy to see um, how development will go and how training camp will go, they, they acknowledged a lot of training camp battles, and we'll get to that. Chad Buchanan on Benedict Matherin's potential starting spot. He said, training camp will determine that, but I think going into it right now, that's probably where Matherin's going to begin as a starter. And he said, but it's up for grabs once we get on the court. Ben's development is important to the future of this franchise, and it's not going to happen instantly. Finding the right sweet spot for Coach Carlisle and roles for Bruce, for Buddy, for Ben, for Drew, TJ. That's going to be challenging. I think we all see that. So that has been my guess and most people's guess all summer, given how Ben has spoken, given what was said at the end of last season, given what was said about Buddy at the end of last season, given the Bruce Brown edition that Matherin would be a starter. And again, this doesn't say he will become day one of the season, but it sounds like especially if he's going to be the opening camp starter that he is at least in the lead to be a starter come opening day for this team. Yeah. It's clear that that's, that's the result that they would hope. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's his, it's definitely his job to lose um, at least to open the open camp and open season by what Buchanan said. Um, obviously he's not the coach. Maybe Rick's thinking differently, but usually there seems like they're on the same page with that kind of stuff. Hey guys, short little break here. So I can talk to you about Jace Medical. We're making the Jace case, which provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is filling out a simple online form or maybe in some cases jumping on a quick call with one of Jace's board-certified physicians. What is a Jace case? Well, everybody should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. It provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind. So you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency, but you've got it. Jace Medical makes sure you have it on hand. And Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our code LOCKDOWN at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. And and I assume, I've never really asked you straight up, like you think he should start, I presume. Yeah, I think it's that's the necessary next step. See, you got to see more of how he and Tyrese can play together and yep. – get more of that stuff going. Yeah. And even if they, they could do it where he starts, you get a good sample of him and Ty. Then buddy for Ben is the first sub because Matherin can be a little more pound the rock Matherin with the second unit, whoever the point guard is for that group. And that way he can still be Ben, be getting to the line, be getting his points, but also getting reps with Tyrese. And you can also then experiment Benedict plus Jarris and all sorts of stuff that come from that. Yeah. And, and to me, and we'll talk about this, but like the Pacers should still be thinking long term. They're not, you know, I mean, maybe they can win around, but they're definitely not a contender this year. And when you're in that situation, you're thinking about the future, you're thinking about growing. And that's about your recent draft picks is a big part of that. So even if 
you know, they do want to win this year. And even on town alone, they'll be better than last year. Matherin being a starter, I think, is a must almost. Just just for the sample of getting him with Tyrese alone, but also for that experience of going against better defenders just to expand his role, right? He did it down the stretch of last season, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm guarding Donovan Mitchell, and he's guarding me, and this is way harder than what I was doing. Like, that kind of stuff was important, and now that's got to be a nightly thing. So I think the Pacers are correct to make that call, even though it might hurt Buddy's impact a little bit and change his long-term outlook. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think that the bigger question is, like, whether, maybe not right now, but in the future, if Matherin struggles initially to the year and Nimhard looks really good, it's a question between them two and who should start. And maybe they both end up starting depending on where Bruce Brown ends up. But those two, I think are the one of those guys has to start for sure. Yeah. yeah you got to explore the young guys and especially defensively, like Bruce Brown and Nemhard. They're not, they don't, they, their skills like aren't ones that like subtract from other people, but they have like very similar skill sets. That's what I was about to say by overlap. Right. So it's like, I think it would be between Nemhard, Heald, Matherin, plus Bruce Brown being the other guy instead of taking Bruce Brown out. But yeah, you, I think you have to explore the young lineups and what that means because, and it, it's also easier too because it's not like Matherin and, and Nemhard are like bad. You know, it's not it's not like they're unproven and it's going to sink your team. It's just it's it's both helping you win and grow long term. And I think yes, I agree with you that choosing between them makes a lot of sense. But the question is like, if their offense really sputters or like they really need to get Halbert and plus healed lineups, it's like, how can they adjust everything to still be accomplishing their youth goals and start healed? That'll be a tough question. Maybe it's just move Bruce Brown to the bench, but that's a question for a hypothetical situation that doesn't even exist yet. It's just <laughs> thinking about what they've said and what the rotation looks like. It's going to shake out to be, but I think they're making the right choice given their current situation. I agree. Like the, and Buchanan said during the, press like the only starters that are guaranteed like seemingly set in stone are Tyrese and Miles and other than that like we'll see what happens was basically how he put it they are expecting a very competitive training camp which is funny timing because I literally did a podcast on that yesterday that was complete luck (laughs) but I mean it makes a lot of sense right and that's why I asked one of the questions I asked in the presser which is like you know, there's a lot to it from what the Pacers' goals are, right? Who's playing and who's not because of their fit with Halliburton, because of their long-term fit with the franchise, just in general, lots of there's lots of factors that are at play there. But if you're the player, right, playing with Halliburton could help you get money. And they have a lot of guys fighting for rotation spots who are also <laughs> potentially in contract years, right? Daniel Tice certainly is in a contract year with his team option. Uh, TJ McConnell is half guaranteed next year, potentially fighting for a rotation spot. Technically, Bruce Brown is on an expiring contract, although that's a little different. Jalen Smith has a player option, so he's not not guaranteed a contract next year, but still things are up in the air there in theory. And Jordan War is on an expiring contract. Like All those guys would probably like to play, and that doesn't even account for guys who are more established, who getting more minutes is still helpful, or playing a lot is still something you want to do in the NBA, even beyond money. Like Money could be a secondary, tertiary, or whatever factor for these guys. There's going to be a lot of competition. They've acknowledged that for minutes, which makes sense. They're a young, deep team. Um, and when you, you know, as a team that plays fast, depth is important. Injuries happen, right? But also, they're going to have to do a lot of human management on the back end of that of, you know, guys who might want to play or guys who think they deserve to play. Well, if they didn't earn it, then how do you, how do you handle that with them? How do you manage it? I, it doesn't mean a problem is coming. They did a great job smoothing a lot of that over last year. Hal Burton is a very good mediator. is not a perfect term, but just like, Good locker room guy to keep everybody boosted, but they also don't have James Johnson and George Hill anymore. So 
they'll be counting on some vets if 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 there are issues there. Um, but I think that will be a part of their season is not only the the rotation and the the competition that comes from that, but then managing the fallout from that when you do decide who is and isn't playing. Yeah, they got they have a lot of guys that are deserving of minutes and playing in these games. And like Buchanan said, like they're not going to have fifteen happy guys in the locker room about their roles. Yep. Like they're just they're on enough minutes, and they're they have a lot of guys that are worthy. So it'll be very very interesting to see how it all shakes out. And like you said, like injuries kind of take care of some of this stuff, but hopefully, like you don't want to wish that on anybody. So it's like it's just a it's a it's an interesting situation. We'll see kind of how it shakes out and who, who the guys that are like have been rotation guys in the past few years that are going to fall out of the rotation just because somebody has to. They talked about this with um, O'Shea Brissett last year sometimes, but like being a guy like O'Shea who sometimes you don't play and he's still just like rah, rah, let's go. Heck yeah. On the bench constantly. Right. That sounds so little, but like that is very important <laughs> to a basketball team to have that kind of camaraderie. There's no issues whether he is or isn't playing. He still has a spot in the league. I'm sure, he, you know, Okay, maybe if he played more, he would have got a little more than the minimum, but he got two guaranteed years. So, like, that is an important guy to have. So, if they have guys who can buy in like that, that's great. And O'Shea still played a ton. Like, I think he had, he's either first or second on the Pacers in games played over the last two seasons, right? Because he was far and away their leader two years ago at 66, but he might have passed him last year. But, like, he still played a lot, even though he was really their ninth, 10th, 11th guy when healthy. So, I think that attitude is going to be important, and they've kind of acknowledged that now. It's going to be a tricky part of their season. Yeah, and you always see this, like, eventually everybody gets their opportunity. It's just right. kind of what you do. You got to stay ready, and we'll, we'll hear that a lot, I'm sure, with the people who are out of the rotation at first. And yet, no injuries right now. What the heck is that? That's not the Pacers way. <laughs> <laughs> that is always a good question. Scott snuck it in there. Is anybody hurt right now? No. Last year, I don't remember if they had any injuries in camp, but then Miles got hurt before the first game anyway, right before the game. Like, Sometimes stuff pops up uh, two years ago. If anybody remembers, doesn't see, it felt like they're healthy. They're headed into camp healthy. They hadn't been healthy forever. And then Karis Levert had a back injury and he missed the first four games of the season, right? Like this stuff happens all the time. So hearing that they're healthy, of course, is encouraging. Unless you're one of the players in a position battle, then things just got a little tougher for you, of course. But that is the little thing. Something I else I asked about that I want to get to here is last year when the Pacers did their pre- season front office media availability. Kevin Pritchard was talking about how, you know, they they thought a lot about their team and they changed their direction the year before with the Sabonis Halliburton trade. And we're talking about how now they want to think in longer term increments, right? Not so short term anymore, not from year to year, not trying to make these incremental improvements. They want a really long term approach to team building and that younger skewing type so that at their best they can be higher ceiling. And then they were immediately much better than they thought. They have won 35 games last season. Halliburton looked great. They're ready to take a step forward. Players have said the playoffs were many times in the offseason since. And so I was curious, if you're the Pacers, how do you balance that in your head? You can't like intentionally take a step back after a year like last year. right? That's not possible. They had a ton of cap space to add talent. Halliburton's only going to get better. right? How do you manage these long-term hopes and expectations with a young growing team with two lotto picks in the last two years and a guy who was one vote away from all rookie, you're still a young team, right? They're not ready to compete yet. How do you manage that? I thought the way Chad Buchanan kind of talked about how they balance those two things is really interesting because he sure, you know, it's not that he didn't say like, we don't want to make the playoffs, but he sure talked like somebody who's thinking more big picture and long-term than somebody chasing 
a postseason berth this coming season. Yeah, that was that was something that surprised me a little bit. Like, I feel like at least from a fan perspective, I think if they're not at least in the play-in, it's going to be a disappointing year. But that does I not seem, that. but that does not seem to be the case for the front office from their perspective. They're not completely worried about that. It was more they want to see growth, whatever that means. Maybe that's not growth and wins, but it's growth in the players that you want to see growth from. So. Yeah, that was, it was very interesting to see, like, they're tr- not trying to put expectations on this team at all yet. Maybe they're still trying to live in the just no expectations, just enjoy the team for what it is yeah, um, kind of thing. Uh, I would, like, cautiously optimistic is kind of how I took what he was saying. Like, don't put anything on this team yet, but, like, we want to see what they can do kind of thing. We're not going to rush anything, all that kind of stuff. I think that's the right attitude it's also funny timing like last year when kevin pritchard be like i'm itchy to make a big trade <laughs> like they they clearly have the the bundle of assets to do something substantial at some point between a trillion seconds an extra first and a bunch of young guys right they're set up well if they want to do that but i think i'm of the mind that long term was the right approach especially if they couldn't do anything significant this summer so that makes sense to me i think that's the right decision but i yeah I think you're right to say cautiously optimistic was a good way to describe it. I thought there might be a little bit more like, yeah, the playoffs would be great for this team, which I, I don't know that that isn't, isn't, is or isn't true, but I think it's noteworthy actually that they are still so focused on the long term because that's a hard position to be in when you have a 24 year old, all-star 23 year old, all-star player. I actually know how old Tyrese Halliburton is because I know, okay, if it's not a leap year, his age is not divisible by four. <laughs> and so he's 23. Um, also, he was born in 2000, so it should be the easiest math ever. But either way, 23-year-old all-star, like, in, do you want to go for it? But at the same time, under contract for six years, like, you have runway to grow your team, get better, get everybody in the right seat on the bus. And so balancing those two things is certainly difficult, but I think, I think they're taking the path that I would be taking, but it is a little harder one because fans want to see their team win, of course, but two, because they haven't made the playoffs since 2020. Yeah. They haven't made the playoffs since 2020. They made that incremental, like pretty significant, like a 10 win improvement from last year to this year. That's a big one. And like, there's no reason to think they didn't get better in the off season. So it's hard from a fan perspective to think like that they, they aren't trying to get better now in addition to long-term. I think they're doing both. Yeah. But they clearly don't want to put like the, it's a failure if they don't make the playoffs, they're not going that direction. East is good. (laughs) Like, and I think that's smart because if you're not if you're not certain you're going to be a top five six team, the plan's just so fickle, right? Like one bad game, and then you're already a coin flip away from not making it. So it's just tough expectations to put on yourselves. And even if they did get a lot better, and I think most expect they'll be somewhere seven through ten, they didn't catch any of the top six. And I don't even think that's like hard to debate at this stage, unless you like don't believe in the Knicks. So I think that's smart. And I think also thinking long term, given the state of the top of the East. It's also smart. You got to wait out Boston and Milwaukee, which could not be that much more waiting <laughs> given the current state of the NBA. So good timing, I think, to do all that. But I was I was intrigued, I should say, by the way it was discussed about. What else stood out to you today that we learned? 
Uh, we learned Andrew Nimhart has been working with Jenny Busick. That's right. A lot with uh, Buchanan said he thinks that uh, Nimhart noticed the improvement of TJ McConnell's shooting and tried to take advantage of the assistant coach there as well. And they've been working together a lot. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops over the course of the season. Um, what else you got? Well, that one is, I mean, he shot 35% last year. I wouldn't, I don't know what to call what I project Andrew Nemhart as a shooter. Like f- fine, <laughs> fine to good, I guess. But if he can, I mean, McConnell got a lot more accurate, but like the volume still wasn't there. Like if, if Nemhart can maintain his volume, <laughs> And then improve the accuracy in the way that McConnell just did. That changes his outlook significantly, both in terms of how talented he is and what position he should be playing. Because if you can shoot threes like that, you should play him with Halbert as much as you can. So that was pretty important. Yeah. And um, Jenny's now in front of the bench role. That was announced really back at the first day of Summer League uh, when it was announced that Ron Norwood was headed to the Hawks and Jim Boylan was joining staff. So Jenny Bushwick moving up, which is great. She's fantastic. Um, but yeah, that was a big part of their shakeup. I think that'll be good for for Drew. I mean, he's earned an opportunity like that. Um, we also learned from Scott Agnes today why Buddy Hill changed his number. It was Kobe related, uh, which I I think it's so funny that he changed his number after our draft. That could have been very helpful for our exercise. <laughs> yes, I uh, the the draft that I dominated. By the way, I should have opened with that. Yeah, yes. we'll we'll get back to front office stuff in a second. If you didn't listen to that episode. Uh, from three-ish weeks ago where we did a jersey number draft. I thought I did very well. We were talking afterwards about, oh, our teams are pretty even. And then the voters said, no, no, no. Derek wiped the floor with you, dude. I'm like, wow, I got smoked out here. That wasn't even close. What can I say? I got Reggie. I got Reggie and Tyrese. So that seemed to carry the, carry the love. And then you got a little flamed for the Danny Granger over the ABA Legends pick. Gonna take the modern guy every time. <laughs> it's, no, it's no disrespect to the ABA. I just I don't have as much context there. Um, yeah, the uh, Chad Buchanan in his long term many messages did say that their ultimate goal down the road of trying to be great to compete for a championship and be an elite team. Like he, they stressed a lot, even beyond my question about marrying those two things up. And this is funny. I was actually on Scott's story about Buddy Hield, and he put it in his second story. He said long-term five times in the first five minutes, right? Like clearly there is a level of thinking about their future and being maybe not patient just for patient's sake, but just like taking this the right speed to make sure your team grows in the right way. And last year was a lot about fact-finding and discovery. I think this year now is about less about fact-finding and discovery in terms of what players are good and bad and talented and more about fit and especially within your style, and the next year they can really have all the information they need about their young talent and even some of their older talent to really take the next steps forward, maybe even sooner than that if things go well. And so sorting, like especially given the contract lengths of their veterans, like they, they can sort out a lot this year. So thinking long-term makes a lot of sense. And uh, the exact Buchanan quote is, I wouldn't want to put a win total or an ultimate goal for this season. I think we're trying to continue to look long-term. I think we want to see growth and progress. We're not going to take a shortcut to try to jump into any, to try to jump into a playoff hunt right away with any sort of move. I think we'll know as the season develops where this team can go. So we'll learn a lot about this in February or close for February, but uh, I think that their actions have spoken this way for a while. And so saying it on the record like that made a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think the you know, like you mentioned, like they can find out a lot about fit 
more than like who's good and bad. Like yep. they might have three new starters this year, like that either weren't on the team or weren't starting until the end of the year in Ben's case. So like that's three guys that you got to see how they work with, with Halliburton and if they're long-term fits, cause you know, who knows how long both Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin will be in Indiana. They got it. We got to see how that all shakes out. I asked about their other extension guys. Um, doesn't sound like there's a, you know, it's, it's hard to say with Obi just joining the team and Aaron Neesmith only being there for a year. It sounds like they'll think about it, have the discussions required, but uh, who knows what's coming with that. My, my prediction all summer has been, and I said this on a podcast with Caitlin a few weeks ago, Obi without seeing with them, not seeing him play at all with the team that nothing would happen there. Just doesn't make sense. And if he's awesome this year, it is a perfect fit. Great. Restricted free agent next year. They can deal with it then. And Neesmith's a maybe. It depends on what they project his role to be, perhaps how his camp goes. That is my guesses, um, but they did talk about that a little bit. I was curious about that. I also I threw in TJ and Daniel Tice into the question because they are extension eligible. Chad did not talk about them. Um, I do not think they're going to get extensions anyway. I just had to <laughs> ask the question correctly. Uh, I don't even think he needed to bring them up. <laughs> yeah, he just he just ignored that part of the question. <laughs> Which was right. Which was the right thing. <laughs> Even if a fan went back and watched the presser, they're not going to be like, "Oh, he didn't answer that part." I was so um, curious. They're gonna. They're, it's clearly a shot at those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, neither of them are eligible once the season actually starts. They only are for like three more weeks. So I just wanted to get something on the books, but. <laughs> You got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. No one saw the Brogdon extension coming up a year ago. If they really gave an extension to Daniel Tice right now. Look, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm just saying it's allowed. The rules say it's allowed. (laughs) Like I could, like sure, TJ McConnell, if they just wanted to keep him around for a while, even if they didn't like plan on playing him, I could see that. But if they just like, yeah, let's keep Daniel Tice for another two to three years. With this, uh, maybe I, being I regret not asking about a Goga Batadze rookie extension last summer, Derek. It's just what I do. <laughs> it's just how I roll. That's fair enough. It's fair enough. <laughs> I don't think that was Daniel Tice might be the backup this year, so maybe like he. They be, said that though. He could be it. around, so who knows? That was part of it, right? Competitive camp. Uh, he was asked straight up about the centers specifically, right? That'll be a Rick call, and I, I think. Buddy Heald took took the mantle as the top dog here, but for my money, the people management factor, because he kept, this is the phrase he kept using about the camp battles. Someone will earn the spot, right? And that's true. Someone will earn the spot. They will get minutes. But that also implies the opposite. Someone didn't, right? So a big storyline to me for a deep team early in the season would have been, how do you manage those people? And so he talked about all the camp battles, you know, and you already mentioned the two he, he solidified. We really already dug into this, but I think that would have been my biggest storyline for the first three, four weeks of the season is who won those battles and why, and how are they handling that internally? Because Tice is another one, right? Maybe deserves to play at a really good summer. If they really want to win, he's probably the guy they would play, but they'll have to determine all that and manage all that in the coming weeks. But I think we've covered everything said today. It was 20 minutes long. The Pacers have posted it on their YouTube page if you would like to watch it. And if it feels like we didn't cover 20 minutes worth of stuff, it's because eight minutes, seven minutes of it were about Buddy Hield. And <laughs> we got to him at the beginning. <laughs> Did I miss anything? 
I don't I think we covered all the main the main attractions there. But yeah, like you said, the like all these like a bunch of these guys aren't gonna be in the rotation. The TJ McConnell, Aaron Neesmith, Jairus Walker, or Jordan Wara, one of those two. Uh like one of the three centers, two of the three centers, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, and Daniel Tice. Like they're all of those guys are like Ben Shepard. Ben Shepard, like he probably has almost no chance to play this year. Yep. (laughs) And like he was a first round pick. Like that's, that's tough for a guy coming in. Like you got to have some hopes of playing if you're a rookie first round pick and a senior also. It's hard to, hard to, yeah. And he's been playing a big role for his team for four years. And yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting how they manage all these humans that want to play basketball. We'll see. And guess what? We get to talk to Rick Carlisle about it in five days at media day. I can't believe how fast the season snuck up on us. I felt really bad being vague about this podcast because it's not like this front office isn't um, media available. It's not like an announced event like media day. So I can't just be like, I'm talking about the front office later this week, but now I can. So if you guys want to watch it yourselves, go highly recommend you do so. You can get all the context and tonal things that matter in these conversations. Um, Tomorrow, Caitlin's back. We're finishing up our season preview series, talking point guards, Tyree Talbert and TJ McConnell and Andrew Nemhard. A lot of that role stuff we talked about today. We'll get deep into it tomorrow. Friday, we'll do the latest on Buddy Heal to get into some veteran questions about their 30-plus-year-olds on this team. And then next week, we're back. It's it's October. The season will be rolling. Derek, thank you for the time today. People probably know who you are because you were just on a few weeks ago, and you're on all the time. But where can people find you and your work covering the Pacers and this press conference that happened today? Yes, they can find it at ipacers.com. Uh, hopefully have a few stories up this week from the stuff with Chad today. Um, and then ipacers blog on Twitter. You can find me there. That's where you can see the lovely Paul George trade tree. That uh, Still up. Still uh, my pinned tweet. It took the my, uh, choose your own adventure trade deadline from. This what will it take for you to unpin that tweet? A move that makes the tree longer? Probably, yeah. I don't know. I will, the, if you get really good at illustrations, is. make it an apple tree, and then when the branch ends, it's an apple falling to the ground. Oh, sad. Well, people were very confused <laughs> the way I labeled uh, Rubio and Tristan Thompson as like inactive, like they thought that they were just like retired. I would never want to know that Derek and I labored over guys like that for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't like, like, I was, we were trying to add somebody in. I was trying to beg you to add somebody in for like no reason. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I can't. You, yeah. Oh, it was uh, Terry Taylor because you wanted me. That's to right. That's it. right. Terry Taylor got the roster spot that Tristan Thompson vacated. Yeah. <laughs> and that just was a step too far because if I did that, then it's like every single thing they ever did to open up a roster spot. That's true. that's true. Every time a free agent leaves and they sign somebody good, you'd be like, well, I gotta we, add we, it can, to we can make the tree go back to the 80s if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was great. Um, lots of more fun stuff coming, but good to get the front office's perspective and thoughts on the state of their team. I'll have more of these stories on Forbes and SI in the coming days. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. We'll see you soon.